The Holy Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he cuts off. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Already, by this time, you are clean. You've already been pruned because of the message I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Just as the branch is not able to bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Men gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Years ago, I had the time and opportunity to go over to Eastern Washington during the grape harvest. I was vineyard sitting for my great aunt, keeping an eye on the temperatures and grapes just before the harvest. On one of my last days, I had the opportunity to help out and I lined up with the other workers and picked grapes down the rows. I'll admit, I had a rather romantic vision of what harvesting grapes would be like, and it was beautiful. It was also a lot of hard work. I had the same romantic vision of preaching in a vineyard with a setting of this scripture, with new growth trailing over the trellises to imagine the ways, the already unfolding ways, God is in the process of cultivating the vine and the branch that will bear good fruit. I had images of this big, abundant flush of spring growth like we see in so many plants in this time of year. And maybe, well, it's testimony to how different my modern life is from the time when these agricultural references and symbols in the biblical scriptures were ripe and accessible, that I didn't realize that at this time of the year, after the grapes have been dormant for some time, there aren't really any branches on the grapevine. The vine grower has pruned the vines back already. Instead of a lush, abundant, productive image of a vine, we are in the season where the beginning stages of the growth of branches are beginning to grow. As I learned more about grape growing, I learned that pruning is simply a way of cultivating the plant in order that it will grow fruit that the vine grower desires. The vine grower prunes the vine in order to channel the plant's resources into producing the kind of fruit that the vine grower would like to grow. It's a way of tending to the plant. Letting all the buds grow would create lots of leaves and canopy, but it wouldn't help the plant produce the kind of fruit the vine grower would like. I have loved the image of God the vine grower, or God the gardener, who tends to the relationship of vine to branches, of the relationship between Jesus and his disciples, who cultivates life in the vineyard, the vineyard is such a rich image. It speaks to the garden, one of our origin stories in the book of Genesis. God creates the garden around us. 
We don't necessarily return to the original garden, but still, God cultivates life in partnership with us and around us through the vine and the branches. Often, I think about God's cultivation in places of abundant growth within us, growing life with God through Jesus. But I also appreciate now that in order to cultivate the fruit that the vine grower desires, there needs to be a practice of trimming back the vine. Dionys explains more. Okay, so every single year, these, this is called the crown. Mm -hmm. So when we planted, they were about this tall and they've grown considerably and they were maybe the thickness of a pencil. So as you can see, since 2009, these have gotten a little thicker. Every single year, this growth here goes up to this grow wire and we cut it. If we didn't cut it, we'd have from that growth wire probably another six or eight feet growing all over the place. So we have to cut it all back, which gives us a large, basically a canopy of the vine itself. The vine itself then also, so each one of these growths or vines has two wine clusters. Mm -hmm. Those wine clusters themselves, um, and we, I don't know if you can zoom in on this, but we had one, where did it go? We just had one here a minute ago. Oh, yeah, right there. yeah. So we actually have two here. If you want to take a look, there's two growths happening here. So the second one, once this gets about a foot in height, I'll go through and remove all the secondaries. So, okay, the secondary shoot is another vine growing off this, the, the primary. Mm -hmm. That secondary shoot sucks all the energy. Okay. So it doesn't grow up as much, doesn't grow as strong, doesn't... So basically when we cut at the very... When it's ready, when it's up this, this height here, we cut it. Mm -hmm. That sends a message to plant that it's time to put all the sugars into the cluster. Otherwise, it's going to grow like crazy and clusters will come around, but they won't uh, create the bricks or the sugar levels that we want mm -hmm. to make the wine. There are seasons and cycles, periods of dormancy, new growth, pruning and caring for the branches of the vine. Pruning ultimately encourages places of growth that produce good fruit. Too much branch growth and the amount and quality of the grapes are affected. I see God's cultivating work of pruning, extending to the places within us that will contribute to bearing the fruit that God desires. Pruning removes the places within ourselves that will not serve the good fruit of the works of love, especially the ways of being in relationship with one another that overlook the most vulnerable. As I was learning about grapes, I also learned that you can take part of a vine and cut it and you can grow that piece of the vine. A new leaf will grow out of it. Maybe it's a 50-50 chance, but you can prune a grape and it will grow. Grapes are incredibly resilient. You can also take a piece of the grapevine with three nodes, three places where new growth will emerge and you can plant it. Even when you dig out an old grape, and I'm sure you have all the pieces, sometimes new growth will continue to pop up year after year and the year after that. The vine was used in Hebrew scriptures to describe the relationship between God and the vine of Israel. In the Psalms, the metaphor of the vine describes the way God brought Israel out of Egypt, planted it, how God cleared the ground for the vine, and how it took deep root and filled all the land. St. John, 
our gospel writer, begins this whole passage with, I am the true vine. The image would have resonated with St. John's hearers, that Jesus as the true vine embodies the relationship between God and Israel, spoken of in the Old Testament scriptures, and planted in this Jesus who embodies this relationship in his whole being with us. If this year has taught us anything, the vine and the branches are as resilient of an image for Jesus and his followers as I can imagine. A new branch continues to spring forth in the resurrected life of Jesus. This isn't necessarily a mention of personal resilience, knowing that we each carry weariness and tiredness that can ebb and flow. But the resilience of the true vine, even in places we have been uprooted and cut off, still springs up with new growth. The true vine lives, and we experience the fruits of the vine in the works of love known through the one who laid down his life for us in the power of love. I love the image of vine as a living, breathing thing, as something that emerges out of nature and takes a life of its own. The vine responds to sunlight and receives sustenance from the ground. Sap even drips from the places a vine is pruned. And you can see the way the water comes out of the, from the root and emerges out of the place of the cutting. The plant heals over in that place and the plant will be fine. This vine is also nourished by sunlight, and as I'm told, loves rainwater to clear the dust from its leaves to help with photosynthesis. The vine is a living, breathing thing. I know it may look like just a trunk right now, but the new growth is inevitable and possible and will spring up five, six, seven feet. Pruning back the branches now allows the new growth to channel resources into places that will bear good fruit. The vine grower wants to create. With the image of Jesus as the vine and the disciples as the branches who abide in the vine, there's a flow and connection to a life force. As a symbol, the vine and the branches are often explored with an image of mutuality, of working together so the whole plant can produce a fruit that the vine grower desires. I see the symbol of Jesus' as vine and his followers, including us in this modern day, as branches of a living, breathing source. It is what it means to abide in Jesus and Jesus in us. This part of St. John's Gospel is known as the farewell discourse, with great I am repeated over and over again, seven times in total. I am the vine is the last of the seven. And all throughout the conversation of the Last Supper, Jesus talks about what it will mean to abide with his disciples, what it will mean when Jesus no longer walks side by side with them, but in and through their own lives, in their hands, in their feet, in their words, in their actions. His followers will live in his words, and his words will live in them dwelling in them like branches to the vine, pruning branches from this living, breathing life source understandably might cause some anxiety of what it will mean to be cut off, wither away, and be thrown into the fire. Sometimes in our hearing of this uh, passage in John, we gravitate towards an understanding 
of the tone of Jesus with words of judgment of what will happen when something changes and speaks to the tremendous anxiety of what it will mean for the disciples to walk without Jesus by their side as teacher, companion, and friend. And as I learned in Bible study this week, there's a little pun in the gospel with a translation of prune and clean. They are the same verb. Just by hearing Jesus' message, the followers have been pruned, they've been cleansed, and here the message of abiding comes forth after the disciples' long exhale, after the tension is released, Jesus' words begin to live in that place of trust in what it will mean to abide in the spaciousness that is cultivated and relax from the tension those disciples has held. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, followers of Jesus, your work and your ministry flows like the branches from the vine, intertwining and intersecting and growing out to bear good fruit. You are part of this incarnate, intangible, earthly, mutual indwelling through the word that God cultivates within us and within our community. We trust all along the process that as God prunes and shapes, tethers us and watches and delights in the vineyard and in the garden, that Jesus is a part of it. God's process of tending will help the vine and the branches grow and bear the works of love, flowing in partnership and trust in all the resilience of the vine and the trust in the pruning process and in the living, breathing connection to the source of all life. We dwell ever deeper in life with God, nurtured and pruned, trusting always in the cultivating hand of God. We share in the growth now that occurs with the fruit of the vine the works of love that we get to bear through Jesus, through the hand of God. So with delight and trust, we give thanks to God. Amen.